0: hey everybody we are back it has been kind of a while I think I can't remember the last time we posted a podcast uh, just been focused on doing a lot of video work lately um, started doing YouTube shorts that's a new thing um, that's not gonna be a permanent like switcher adjustment uh, you know before we were doing I don't know 30 minute videos yeah heavy <laughs> theology videos they're good certain people like them um, but I did notice that it was um, just not a great median for people to kind of absorb all that information. And maybe it was just YouTube is kind of the issue. Um, because what's funny is we'll talk for two hours on here and, um, our podcast is growing. The YouTube channel just kind of stalled out. I'd get a couple of subscribers here, a couple of people commenting. Um, but I noticed the big issue was when you look at your YouTube analytics, you know, when you're like going through and seeing how a video has performed, especially over say the course of like three or four months, Uh, One of the things you want to look at is retention when it comes to videos, and you can see how long people (laughs) are watching your video. So, you know, like maybe your video is 30 minutes long and it's really exciting through the first 10 minutes, and then it just kind of like, you know, tapers off after that. You will literally see your audience retention just drop off a cliff after that first 10 minutes or so. So um, what I was noticing was that those longer, deeper theological videos we were putting up on YouTube uh, just weren't performing well as far as just trying to get content out there now. I know there's an argument to be made. Who cares how many people see it? Who cares about retention? The people who want it and need it are consuming it. And that's true as well. Um, But I just think when we're trying to do something that I think is significant, trying to kind of push the, uh, the envelope on what Christianity could be, what it is, some critiquing, I think the more the merrier and we want to try to be as engaging as possible so it's not right. to say we won't go back and do uh those longer theological deep dives we definitely will but i think we're going to do them more sparingly um we'll do some shorts like we've been doing just 60 second videos really we've just been talking about deconstruction uh what's cool about those 60 second videos is i can pop them up on instagram and i can mm-hmm. pop them up on TikTok even um and that's cool because you can watch them have a life in those spaces too and that brings people to youtube and Really, the whole goal here is just to get more conversation going. So the more right. people, the more eyes we can get on this stuff, uh, the better. But you are clearly here because you want to hear the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate it. The podcast has been growing like crazy, actually. Um, so it's kind of sad that we didn't post sooner. But here we are. So uh, it's just two of us today. Just me and the the lady wife. Hello. And uh, so I thought we could talk about something really interesting that I think both of us have. Um a ton of hands-on experience with not just because we're Christians and not just because, you know, we have some bones to pick with the modern day church, Western church specifically. But I think because we have been through some stuff where I think we can identify with the subject matter today. So what I want to talk to uh, uh, everybody about today is uh, let's just title it cult or Christianity. Um, It's so funny when you talk to people about being in a cult. And I don't know too much about cults. I know there's a ton of documentaries on, like, uh, Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. I think, um, man, it's not Brownsville. I think Waco, that was a cult. Um, You had the Manson murders. I think that was technically a cult. Um, so I think when we think about the word cult, we think of like extremist, maybe they're murderous, mm-hmm. maybe they all drink Kool-Aid because they yeah. think aliens are coming. I think there's a really funny Key and Peele sketch about that. Oh, <laughs> um, but I think when we think cult, we think in these uh, extremes. Um, and while that can absolutely be true, I think a cult can be... It doesn't always have to be attached to Christianity, but funny enough, a lot of the cults that you see that are still surviving today um, are loosely attached to Christianity. Um, I won't really make this an opportunity to take a shot at, like, the Mormon Church or the Latter-day Saints, even though I would probably classify that. But, okay, so we could pause there for a second. I think that's a great example of something that I would personally deem as a cult, but that is not... um, physically dangerous we can talk about theologically dangerous right but like yeah, the mentally. Mormon church isn't going out and killing people that I know of um, the Mormon church isn't telling everybody to drink Kool-Aid because you know Xandar's is coming back in 10 years or whatever like um, they are I guess you could say they're benign they're a benign cult they, they do their own things they have their own belief systems in the grand scheme of Christianity they're definitely an outlier I, I don't think Christians really consider Mormons to be part yeah. of Christianity. Now, what's funny is I actually have a couple of friends who are Mormon um, and they do, they do consider themselves Christians. They just think that they're kind of a branch or an offshoot of Christianity. Um, but they do, they think they're kind of part of that club, but I don't know of any um, churches or denominations that I've worked for Presbyterian Methodist, Pentecostal, non-denominational. I really don't know many Christian groups that consider Mormons uh, part of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's a good example of um, a cult that can exist, that can survive. I can't remember how long Mormonism's been around, but it's it's been a while, mm-hmm. um, and they're not extreme in the sense of like Kool Aid, we're killing people or things like that. But uh, theologically, I believe there's some some heavy extremes there. So. I say all that to say when we talk about cults, when we talk about Christianity, I think there's this idea in the modern Western Christian world that those two things can't intermingle. And if they do, it looks something like Mormonism. Today, I kind of want to dig around, poke the bear a little bit, and see. Is there anything inside of our Western Christianity, which I know is a very large spectrum, as you know, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutherans, mm-hmm. Pentecostals, non-denoms? I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The spectrum of people that are um, and belief systems that are inside of Western Christianity. But I wonder if we can kind of talk through some things today and identify maybe some spaces in the Christian world where we actually are leaning more towards cult and mm-hmm. less towards Christianity. And and sometimes, and I'm willing to admit this, not everything is always black and white, right? So I mm-hmm. think that you can have cult-like symptoms, let's say that, inside of your Christianity. And I we're definitely going to talk about that today. I don't think it has to be so black and white of, well, I know I'm not in a cult because we're not drinking Kool-Aid. I know I'm not part of a Christian cult because we don't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. There may be elements that have snuck into our Christianity that... Um, our departure from Jesus, our departure from, I don't want to say the Bible, because the Bible can be used in a lot of really weird ways. So we sure. have to be very careful when we say that's biblical or that's not biblical, because yeah. dude, yeah. I could open the Bible, any page in the Bible and prove any point I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I take anything out of context or or I spin it in it, you know, I mean, people do that all the time, which is a lot. Uh, that's how a lot of these Christian cults get started, Yeah. Um, you know
1: their own spin. Not to pick on
0: Mormonism, but like just the idea that a guy uh, found some golden tablets in the woods of New York one day and they're like extra Bible, basically. I, I'm, I am somewhat ignorant on Mormonism. So if I'm butchering <laughs> the whole idea or the story, you know, feel free to put it in the comments and correct me. Uh, but yeah, so basically this guy, uh, Smith, finds Uh, these golden tablets and they're extra biblical and then it has a lot to do with like the Native American population and like that's kind of Mormonism in a nutshell. They believe in the Bible, but they have all this extra stuff tacked onto it as well, which is, that's where I would say it's kind of culty. Yeah. Um. And they just bought it, hook, line, and sinker. This dude just said it, and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Maybe he, I don't know if he was really charismatic. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but people bought it. And I mean, it is, I would argue, I, I don't know the actual numbers if you want to Google this, how many uh, Mormons there are in the world today. I, I would guess it's in the millions. Um, but regardless, it is, it exists. And I think it's worth acknowledging that it is not too difficult or not too big of a stretch to think that cult-like symptoms or just a cult takeover could happen inside of our Christianity. What you find?
1: Um, like 16 million. Globally? Yes.
0: Wow. So 16 million Mormons globally. That started from a guy, and I believe it was Rochester, New York, um, claiming he found some tablets. And here's what Jesus is saying, and here's what God's saying. And then, you know, like I said, people just kind of bought it. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, And to be fair, if you are Mormon listening to this, once again, I am very ignorant on everything you believe. I I do believe I have a general understanding of, you know, what the Mormon people do believe, but um, I'm not here to bash that particular religion. Just somebody who's coming from, um, I guess I can't even say traditional Christianity, but somebody who's coming from a part of Christianity that doesn't view Mormonism as Christianity. Um, I'm sorry if that's offensive, but, you know, to me, it's just hard for me to label Mormonism as anything other than a cult. And to be fair, uh, that's from a Christian perspective. I guess if we're talking from a global or just world perspective, it's just another religion, right? What's the difference between Christianity, Judaism, Muslim, Islam, Buddhist? I mean, what's the difference, right? Like they all have their own beliefs and they all have their kind of code of ethics and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in relation to Western Christianity, I think it's fair to call Mormonism a cult. Um, Right. Anyway, I just kind of want to broaden our understanding in our, and our ideas of what a cult could be um, and maybe start identifying some signs or some symptoms uh, of what cult-like behavior could be. One of the biggest questions I feel like I get all the time from people um, who are kind of on this deconstruction journey, this journey of like, okay, maybe I just bought everything I was sold, hook, line, and sinker, when I was, you know... Uh, In children's church or in youth group or in high school or whatever, like whenever I came into Christianity, the idea of Jesus was so compelling, which it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. I didn't stop to think if I should question things along the way. I just kind of bought it. I think that is a very natural thing to do. When you see something as awesome as Jesus, you see the hope, the grace, the mercy that comes packaged with Jesus. You don't even think to question, or at least I didn't, hey, is all this extracurricular stuff my church is teaching me or Christian culture is teaching me, does that actually line up with the Jesus that I'm wanting to follow?
1: Well, especially if you're introduced as a child.
0: Right. You don't even know to question these (laughs) things, No, you trust
1: the people that teach you
0: sure sure or or you don't even think to not trust them i right. think would even be a better way to say sure. it you're just like oh the, like the, jesus came down to save us so everything that's packaged with it must be good mm-hmm. too and I'm, what i'm finding is especially in our generation the millennial generation is We get into our 20s and 30s and we start saying like, hold on, this doesn't make sense. And it kind of branches off in two different directions. Now, once again, everything's on a spectrum, but the two directions that I see people branching off into when they start that journey is they're either heading towards more Jesus and they want to find out who Jesus actually is and strip away all the garbage and gunk, which is kind of where I found myself, you know, five, seven, eight years ago uh, till today. And then you have the other part of people who go into deconstruction mode and their whole goal and motivation is just to tear the whole thing down. They don't necessarily want more Jesus. They just want to disprove Jesus, the Bible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it stems from hurt and pain. And and, and I get it. I get it. But that's kind of the two lanes I see people fall into. Once again, everything's a spectrum. There may be a mix of both. But that's typically the two lanes I see people fall into. So... It is very possible and i will personally say and i'll let you kind of talk on this for a second i can say personally that i absolutely believe i grew up in a form of christianity that had elements of cultism in it sure um i did not know that when i was growing up in it obviously Uh, most young people don't know how to identify cult things and honestly i didn't know it existed until i started questioning things and then you start poking the bear you find out how scary it actually is you see how big the teeth are right yeah um and that that was my experience with christianity the moment i started asking questions people did not like or did not know how to answer or felt threatened by is when i started seeing like oh this isn't always all about jesus there's some other things tied yeah. to this that we're protecting that are extracurricular, that are Mm -hmm. not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Some of those things can be fine, um, or not fine, but some of them can be benign, not super dangerous, but then others uh, get crazy. So yeah, me personally, I believed I was raised in a type of, I don't want to say full-blown cult, Um, But I do believe I was raised in a Christianity, which was heavily Pentecostal. Yeah. Um, I won't name the denomination because I don't want to get sued, but um, heavily Pentecostal. And I believe there was absolute cult elements to it. And and in fact, I believe that those elements, cultish elements that I grew up with have actually only gotten worse as I've aged. Either they've gotten worse or I'm just way more keen to seeing them now. Hmm. Maybe both. Maybe a little bit of both, right? So, so what about you? We we grew up similar, but honestly, we grew up a country, half a country away, like right. uh, twelve hundred miles, I think it yeah. was. I grew up in Florida, central Florida. You grew up in eastern Michigan. Yeah. Um. You know, that's that's some pretty big space yeah. culturally totally different identities as far as like Mm -hmm. the South is not Michigan and Michigan is not the South. So it's interesting that we grew up in different locations, different parts of the country, uh, even different uh, political ideologies for most of um, our growing up. But yet we still had similar experiences as far as like what we were raised in and things we can identify now as a cult. So, so what do you think? Like when you think of like growing up in church, how do you view what you were being fed versus what you understand the Bible to be now. First, let me ask the question, and I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. When did you start going to church regularly?
1: Um, I started probably elementary school, so just young. I really don't remember not going to church, honestly. Okay. Like, so, my memory does not go back. So as far as that. you know,
0: you've always been in church, is it Yeah, a kid. Okay. but
1: I know it wasn't until I was a little bit older. Like, I know I wasn't, a, you know, in the pew as a baby.
0: So maybe like six, seven, something like that?
1: Probably more like eight.
0: Oh, okay, so a little yeah, later. Okay.
1: but I literally don't remember not going to church, so sure, sure. <laughs> my memories don't go that far.
0: I don't remember past like my seventh <laughs> birthday, so yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, yeah, so all I remember is going. Um, and I was just looking before I share my piece uh, the definition of a cult. Okay, just because I was interested to see exactly what it meant, because like you said, when I think of it, I think of freaking weird. Sure, yeah, we think <laughs> like of the extremes. murder and right. yeah. like just very strange. Um. So there's a couple things. One one of them says, um, this is um, Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Um, One says, great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. So I was like, oh, great devotion. I was like, that's all of us. We're all a cult. (laughs) Right. Um, um, Yeah. Or like a small group of people characterized by such a devotion, um, a system of religious beliefs in ritual. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that all of that, like Christianity could be identified as a cult. Sure.
0: And even if you think of like the origins of Christianity, I'm sure in its early days, Christianity was absolutely considered a cult. Probably, yeah. You know, it's it was a spinoff of Judaism, which Judaism and the Western world, you know, i.e. the Romans did not get along. So then you have a sh- offshoot of Judaism who actually deifies a human. In Jesus, that's a problem. Like as far as like Western culture was considered in the Roman days back then. So yeah, I I can almost hundred percent guarantee that early days of Christianity, maybe the first hundred or couple hundred years, Christianity was probably just looked at as a cult, one that grew very quickly.
1: Yeah, because and even like the um, the first definition it has is a religion regarded as unorthodox.
0: So hmm, interesting.
1: That would be early Christianity, I suppose.
0: Well, that would be everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, almost everything has an orthodox part of its religion. Um, so Judaism, you know, could be considered. I'm sure Muslim could be considered. Well, it says
1: considered. as
0: unorthodox. Oh, unorthodox. Yes. Okay. Yes. So <clears throat> that's interesting because, A, orthodoxy is decided by the... I wish I could say general consensus <laughs> of those who worship inside a particular religion, but typically orthodoxy is decided by those who are in power inside a particular sure. religion. Um,
1: you know, yeah. so uh,
0: there's a little wiggle room right, inside like, of like, that's what hard, orthodox yeah. is. Um, I mean, I, absolutely, if you look up orthodox. Judaism, or Orthodox Christianity, Orthodox Muslim, or, or really anything, you would find a hardline definition. But I would be very interested to see how many people consider themselves fall right in line with that orthodoxy. Because, um, especially in Christianity, I mean, how many branches and offshoots do we have in denominations? You know, oh. I, I I I think it would be very difficult today in 2022 to define Western Christian orthodoxy. It'd be very difficult uh, because we agree on so little now, you know, we, you know, yes, we agree Jesus was crucified. Uh, (laughs) We kind of agree on the biblical structure of things and what is valid and what isn't.
1: Which is so funny because I feel like when you grow up in a certain denomination, like I literally thought ours was the best.
0: No, no no yeah I, <laughs> like
1: the, they're all wrong they're all bad mine's the best
0: <laughs> so i made the fatal decision um to start posting videos on tiktok uh and now i i watch tiktok and i hadn't before <laughs> this this year or, or late last yeah late, late last year i really was never on tiktok i saw people on i'm like meh whatever and then i started posting there and then once you start posting you're like oh, i'll look around and then i'm like hooked like every <laughs> other human right now um But that was my alarm to take the trash out. So
1: Don't forget. I
0: I won't forget to take the trash out. Um, That's the worst, by the way. If you're an adult and you're adulting currently, forgetting to take the trash out on trash day is... Oh, boy. You wake
1: up in a panic.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, if you wake up on time, because ours comes early, like between 5 and 6. And sometimes we're up, you know, and sometimes we barely miss it. But what's funny is... Um, I don't know how most people are, but we keep our trash can inside our garage. Mm-hmm. And so if we miss a trash week, oh man, our garage starts to stink <laughs> and I don't like putting our trash can outside cause it's Florida and it's just raining all the time oh, yeah. and there's animals and so it's yeah. just easier to keep it in the garage, but it's a problem. That was a really bad rabbit trail all because of my alarm went off, but I won't forget lot. to take out the trash. Um, so yeah, just kind of going back to that. Yeah. I don't think there would be any. I can't imagine there would be a Western Christian Orthodox view of Christianity because we just agree on so little nowadays. But like you were saying, um, you know, when we're raised in it, Mm -hmm. we think that that's it. And, And going back to the point I was making before my alarm went off. The reason I was talking about TikTok is because I saw this lady. Um, I doubt she's a Christian, uh, but that could just be me being judgmental. But she was talking about, isn't it funny how, and she was being very sarcastic. She's like, isn't it funny how we were raised by this certain group of people in this certain place at a certain time in, in history? And, um, you know, we were taught this specific religion and it's just, it's right. We, we know it's perfectly right. But there's people <laughs> who were raised in different times under different people and different countries who were raised in a totally different religion and they believe theirs is totally right. Right. I don't think that's unique to Christianity at all, but Mm -mm. I do think it is a symptom of the human condition that we're just, we're conditioned at a young age to just not question things. Especially when it comes to religious beliefs. And once again, that is not a uniquely Christian thing. That is a, that is a religious thing. That's just what people do. Um, But it is funny that we, uh, you know, the, the Christianity I grew up in, I would never, ever think to question it
1: no Um, growing up in it
0: and it wasn't until like my late teenage years that i was like um hold on i have i have issues with this and that and then that just grew and it just became a i don't know like a an itch i couldn't scratch it's just it didn't matter how much i tried to push it out of my mind it was there Mm -hmm. and so finally it's i either had to figure out how to be completely Zen and just ignore it, or you start scratching it and you just start like digging and digging and digging. And you know, that's kind of what put me in the position I'm in today as far as in that deconstruction journey. Um,
1: And it's just so funny. I feel like in the denominations we grew up in, um, like we just, we, we don't know anything else. And then, um, but we, I, sorry, my thoughts, but we struggle. So we're in those, like, we're, I, like the whole time I was in church until I stepped out of it and, like, realized there was more, I would, like, go to the altar every week and cry and, like, sure. why is my life like this? Like, just things that, like, you know, that doesn't really coincide with what they teach us. And then when you finally step out of it, like, I feel like the most educated and um, free that I've ever felt, like, and not guilty. Like, I never feel sure. guilt or shame, mm-hmm. like outside of normal things, sure, like all. Sure. But it's just interesting.
0: Yeah. And it, what's even more interesting inside of the world of Christianity, um, I don't know, you know, because I wasn't raised in other denominations or sects of Christianity, I was not, I don't even want to say exposed. I almost was unaware. That other denominations existed. Of course, yeah. I knew, you know, you drive down the street and you see a Baptist church or you see a Methodist church or, or Lutheran, but you have no idea what those actually are. Yeah. Um, and because we weren't taught to cross examine other ideas of Christianity.
1: Or even like respect what they believe, honestly. Not like right. disrespect them, but not like appreciate what they believe or even think that they could be right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the closest thing that I remember growing up was knowing that the Baptists just believe once saved, always saved. That is it.
1: And we're kind of better because we don't think that.
0: Right. But that is it. Like I'm telling (laughs) you, I was in church like three to four days a week. I mean, we're talking Bible studies, youth group, worship conferences, uh, Mm -hmm. Sunday services, Wednesday night services. And I went to that Christian school. So I was being fed (laughs) theology nonstop, but never once did it occur to me that there are other Christians down the street who believe something different. And my tribe of people don't think it's important, even if you believe what you believe is right, they just didn't think it important to show me these other ideas so that I could cross-examine them. They just didn't even do that. Which I think made the deconstruction process even worse because I'm like, why? Why were you hiding this? Like, Mm -hmm. why aren't we just talking about it? Even if you believe they're wrong, let's have a class where we're saying, hey, here's what the Baptists believe. Here's what a reformed person believes. Here's what a Pentecostal believes. How did they come to these conclusions? Here's the scriptures. I mean, I
1: honestly didn't even have that opportunity and probably until college. But then I went to a college that was the same Christianity sure. as I went to church. So they like said, there's other ones, but this is sure. The one.
0: And that is all by design. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you, you are being, it's, it's almost like how Apple works. And I love Apple. Everything I own is Apple. <laughs> um, the idea of Apple is, is the hardware in an Apple phone, anything more substantial than an Android phone? No, honestly, it's not like they're still using chips and there may be slight differences, but for the most part, the hardware we're all using, if you have a thousand dollar Android phone and a thousand dollar iPhone, the hardware is pretty much the same thing with slight variations. Where you come down to the nitty gritty and where a lot of people divide themselves as far as who's Android, who's Apple, who's Windows, who's Mac, uh, it really comes down to the operating system. And the operating system is there to keep you engaged in it. So with Apple specifically, I have an iPad right now in front of me that I'm looking at notes with. Those notes connect to my iPhone that is in my pocket right now. And all of that connects to my Mac that's across the room in my desk. And... The whole idea is, and anything you text me right now will show up on all my devices. Mm-hmm. Um, any work that I do on my computer with documents, they show up on all my devices. All of this is planned by Apple to keep us in their ecosystem. Right. That's the whole idea. And this is where Apple has just succeeded above and beyond, is they keep creating products that talk to each other within their ecosystem, and we're hooked. I have an Apple Watch, I have an iPad. I have, I have everything that Apple makes because it, <laughs> it works so well together. Apple's not stupid, they know what they're doing. They would rather keep you in their ecosystem. That's the main goal of Apple. Um, That's why they create things like Apple TV, that's why they create their iCloud service. I mean, think of all the services, um, Apple Music, all the services they offer you, um, some that I know they take a loss on. Financially, they take a loss on some of their products because the goal isn't necessarily to make top dollar off you as an individual it is however to keep you as a client in the ecosystem till the day you die for me personally apple has succeeded i can't imagine (laughs) me going outside of the room i say all that to say our religions are built the same way Mm -hmm. they are built to keep you in that ecosystem so it's no surprise to me that when it came time to go to a college especially a christian college you stayed inside that ecosystem because your right. religion was built to keep you inside of that. Um, A, because that's where the money is, you know, if they keep you inside of that, your tides keep going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I hate to say it this way, because I know it comes off as a little pushy, but that's also where the control is, if mm-hmm. they can keep, because the moment you step outside of that ecosystem, the moment you start asking yourself, well, I wonder if the Baptists ha- ha- have any ideas on this? I wonder if the, the Methodists have any ideas on this? I wonder if the Lutherans are, or, or you know, <clears throat> or the agnostics, or the atheists, I wonder if they have any ideas on this particular you know line of thought the moment we do that we're taught inside of religion for a red flag to go off uh oh you're you're backsliding you're stumbling yeah. not because you're questioning the deity of god or jesus or his goodness because you are stepping outside of the realm of their control mm-hmm. That's where it gets very tricky, and I'm not going to say that's a uniquely Pentecostal thing, but I can tell you absolutely from my Pentecostal upbringing, that was alive and well, and it still is alive and well today.
1: When we first got married, almost seven years ago, we were working on a Methodist church, and my friends from home, the church I like grew up in and went to for years and years and years, they basically were like, this is a problem. (laughs) This is a problem. You can't go there. Do you know what they believe? Do you know what they think? Like, what? Like, and I really didn't know. I didn't really know the differences between. But when I did learn, I was like, why is this bad?
0: And the thing is, it's like, what are we protecting here? Because I feel like that kind of backlash, either they'd heard really horrible things about the Methodist denomination or they didn't know anything about the Methodist domination, but they've been so trained and controlled to think anything outside of what they've been raised with must be heresy. Yeah. Which by the way, there's people at your church who've used the word heretic before. Um,
1: (laughs) That's not my church.
0: Yeah, you're right. (laughs) The church you grew up in. Um, It's just so interesting to me. And all of that would be okay. As far as like, I don't know if you should go that direction. Right. If, they were open to the idea of cross-examination and critical thought. And that's the big problem. You did not teach me when when I was early on in this religion, you know, whether I was a child, teenager, or even adult, if you came to Christianity later, you did not teach me to have an open mind or to look at things critically as far as other parts of Christianity are, are involved. And so now, as an adult, that I'm actually looking into these things, it seems you're less concerned about me finding truth and more concerned about me subscribing to your particular brand. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. And <clears throat> if I can just kind of, you know, ring the bell for a second, that would be, In you know, to, to kind of kick everything off, that would be the first indicator to me that you are potentially in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. they suppress or... Um, push you away from critically thinking about the systems at work, you may be in a cult. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's number one, like if we're going to kind of create a laundry list here. If they suppress critical thought, you may be in a cult. I'm not going to say you are, but you may (laughs) be. These, if you're listening along right now and you're like, hey, I wonder if I'm in a cult. I wonder if, you know, there's some things I don't like about my Christianity. I am not you know, uh, a professional, by I mean I've been in professional ministry for a yeah. long time, but you know I, I haven't written a book on this yet, um, so don't take what I'm saying as like oh this guy he knows all his stuff. I'm just telling you from my experience. Here's some things that I can identify as cult-like behavior, mm-hmm. and so what we can do here for the next few minutes is just kind of build out a checklist of like hey if these things are happening, maybe you're in cult territory, and just kind of look at it a little bit. I'm not telling you to leave your church. I'm not telling you to abandon Christianity. I'm just saying. Critical thought is arguably God's greatest gift to humanity outside of Jesus, outside of the breath in our lungs and and the salvation we get through Jesus. I think the very next thing that separates us from all the other creatures is that we have the ability to think critically. So if you are in a Christianity or really anything that suppresses your ability to think critically, they are denying what makes you uniquely human Mm -hmm. that's a god-given right you know a badger cannot think critically (laughs) yeah you know like a zebra i love my dog but she cannot think critically she could solve a couple little puzzles with treats and stuff like that but she can't sift through things like we can Mm -hmm. that's uniquely what makes us human and i believe it's absolutely not an evolutionary trait i think that's a god-given thing i think adam and eve were able to think critically i clearly didn't make the best choices But they were. We can look all through human history, biblical human history, and see the ability to think critically. So if your church, if your denomination, if the Christianity that you belong to suppresses your desire to think critically, um, you may be in a cult. Or you may have cult-like symptoms in your thing. Now, let me put this with a caveat, just so people don't think I'm just bashing on churches the whole time. There's a difference between asking questions and thinking critically, and there's a difference between telling your religious leaders they're stupid and they're idiots. Right? Yeah. You can attack people in your critical thought, and you've done it the wrong way. Right. Sure. So there is a little bit of personal responsibility. Now, if you go to your pastor, you go to your church leader, and you say, hey, I'm not a Baptist, but these... This Baptist preacher I heard or, or this book I read has some really good thoughts on the book of Matthew or the book of Revelation or whatever. Whatever it is inside of Christianity. I would like to know what you think about this. If your pastor or church leaders are not honestly willing to engage you in a constructive conversation, now they still may push their ideas, and there's nothing wrong with that. We all have our ideas. We should all be a little bit more open to other people's ideas. It's not the fact that they are going to stick to their guns as far as what they believe. But if they're unwilling to talk to you about it, if they get defensive with the idea that you bring it up, or they try to shame you because you've gone outside of their stream of influence, those are some huge red flags you have to watch out for. And I can tell you, I've been a part of multiple churches and been under multiple pastors and leaders who've done those exact things. I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're you're thinking that. I can't believe you would read that book. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what you, like, I'm not reading, like, the ne- Comic Con or, like, whatever they call it, Comic Con. Necro, I can't remember. I'm not learning how to summon the dead. I'm just <laughs> reading a book from T.D. Jakes or Joel Olstein or Rob Bell or, you know, pick your poison, pick your right. flavor. Oh, oh, look, Sacrilege, Heresy, brother. Uh, okay, I, I'm learning how to think here. Mm hmm. My big issue inside of Christianity is that there are large swaths of Christianity that I believe don't want you to learn how to think. Yeah. Because when you learn how to think, you become independent. When you become independent, you become harder to control. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which pastor said it. It may be, may have been Judah. I can't remember. Um, But I I remember this pastor saying it one time and I loved it. He said, the problem with free people. And he was talking about in uh, relevance to Jesus setting people free. The problem with free people is they're free and they are not meant to be controlled. Christianity has a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Parts of Christianity has a problem with that. That In in, in a way, that's in direct opposition to Jesus. If yeah. Jesus truly came to set the captive free, but yet we have and hold on to religious systems that are bent on suppressing critical thought, that are bent on controlling people and manipulating people to and shaming people to stay part of their ecosystem I would say that is anti-gospel because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't die for that he mm-hmm. died to set us free not to bind us up in just a different form of chains Um right. so once again I think first check mark would be if you are <laughs> under leadership church denomination whatever you want to call it that suppresses shames guilts you beats you up over trying to think critically or going outside of their stream of information uh yeah, I think that is a sign you may be in a cult or have cult-like behavior uh, in your system. I have one. Okay. For the
1: checklist. Okay. I don't know if this is the right wording, so you might have to help me make it sound better. But, because this one I'm trying to figure out to word it best. Like, if they make you follow weird rules, <laughs> like non-biblical based <laughs> Like, or I don't know, try to identify, not even sin. Cause I'm not even trying to say things like sin, like drinking alcohol and stuff, but more of like, like dress code. <clears throat> like if they make you follow, I don't know where these things come from, but I don't think they're in the Bible.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So here's well, the thing. I know
1: some things are.
0: We can't say it is or isn't in the Bible because you could open, like I said, any page of the Bible and, and try make to it prove it. Whatever any, you po- want. You can make it whatever right. you want.
1: That's why I'm trying to figure out a word at best,
0: yeah. So I think it I think what you're saying is behavior modification outside of the idea of sin. when yeah. they want to control your behavior, not because it's a quote unquote sin issue, just right. because it's what they want yes. you to do. Yes, yeah. Um, <clears throat> is it? correct me if I'm wrong, people in the comments, is it fundamental Baptists that believe that the women have to wear like skirts down to their ankles? I don't watch the and they, um, but, they grow
1: their hair long and right, not wear right. makeup. And, and
0: men have to wear like, like there's all these rules and mm-hmm. decorum as far as how they present themselves. Um, and I think maybe it started off with the idea of modesty, right? Because we all grew yeah, up in modesty culture. Yeah, a type thing. Um, which we can talk about that later, but yeah, um, <laughs> But it seems like it's gone overboard now. You know, like if a woman exposes her calf, she's living in sin. You I know? mean. Or they'll, they'll say that, you know. Yeah.
1: I know. She, I and, didn't go to a church. I didn't grow up in a church that, ex, like, extreme. I didn't. Sure. But I remember getting scolded by leadership for wearing, like, shorts on a, like, Sunday night or Wednesday night service. Right. Like, just getting yelled at, like, you shouldn't even be in here. like, or the, <laughs> what? The, my
0: favorite is the Christian one piece. Christians yeah. love their one pieces. Uh, now, I get it. Like, the idea that, like, somebody could stint, s- stumble because your body is so hot. Like, okay. Sh- but that not that on them? Like, I do think there is there is probably a line as far as, like, what could be considered appropriate and inappropriate. But, like, we let our toddlers wear two pieces to the beach, right? Yeah. And that's not over-sexualized. Um and I, th- once again, this is not the hill I want to die on, <laughs> but I just, I think it's funny the things that I was taught to think were like big no-nos. And then once I grew up and become an adult, I'm like, oh yeah, like, uh, like it's I've, not a big deal.
1: Like I've known people or heard stories of been like being asked to leave a church because they had a hat on. Oh, yeah. Like things like that ridiculous, like right. leave, please.
0: <laughs> right. And And what would be the the thought I have no process idea. behind that.
1: Well, cuz you're supposed to take your hat off when you pray. I don't even know where that stems from. You know that thing?
0: Yeah, I yeah, I've heard like it. Like in
1: a baseball games and stuff, everybody takes yeah. off their hat and like says the pledge of allegiance. I don't know if that's an America thing or or a church thing.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because the orthodox Jews do it differently. They believe they have to have the tops of their head covered, in, right. you know. And I've pray. known
1: women to like have hats on all the time, like bandanas to cover their head.
0: Right, right. So, I I think that would be a good example and and really a Silly one at that, you know, like the idea that someone would control your behavior as far as wearing a hat inside of a public worship space. Jesus is not mad at you for wearing a hat. I, yeah. I'll just say that. right now. And I now. think
1: it can go beyond that. Sure. So, sure. But like, I think that's
0: a really simple and, and light one. You know
1: wait, wait, what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, you know this, but I, after, well, when I, after high school, I moved here to Florida Mm-hmm. to start online college but i also went into like a ministry program so like a discipleship program which was sure. really big in the denomination i grew up in like right. that was a really big like ooh, like you're gonna go do learn how to be a disciple and like do ministry right, and right. so like master's commission or things like that mm-hmm. mine wasn't a master's commission right, but,
0: right.
1: so i but don't know way. how many people are familiar with that or i really don't know how many other denominations have programs like that
0: Yeah, I I honestly haven't heard any of those programs outside of the Pentecostal space. I'm not saying they don't exist, but because I'm ignorant to a lot of other denominations, I haven't really heard of that.
1: Like, I think those ones were popular for a while, but now, like, I'd say in the past five years, I've seen a lot of churches having their own colleges, so I don't know if that's their own version of it. Mm. Like, I've seen at least, like, two or three local churches that have their own, like, this is our college program, and...
0: But what's interesting about a program that you were in and a program that I, I almost went into a master's commission program, but I realized I was not built for that, um, is you would live there. You would live mm-hmm. with a group of your peers that were all trying to do the same thing, which is uh, take college courses, but at the same time uh, be trained um, and quote, unquote, raised up by the leadership of that church. And it could be in a multitude of departments, right? It could be, you know, maybe you could be interested in worship or children's ministry mm-hmm. or pastoral ministry. I mean, there's the myriad of things that you could be raised up in in that discipleship program were pretty vast as yeah. far as like what you could plug into. Um, but
1: Definitely <clears throat> big in the behavior modification.
0: Sure, big time. And, you know, it it's crazy that those things exist because now that I look at it, The idea was to get you in a place um, because there was a large group of you that came from out of state or didn't have your parents right next door, right? Like weren't living in the same town as your parents. So they're removing you from your family Mm
1: -hmm. and they are
0: now, um, I mean, I'm just going to use cult language. I'm not going to beat around the bush. So they're removing (laughs) you from your family. They're putting you on a compound with other believers and they are telling you what to wear. Mm -hmm. they are telling you how to behave Mm -hmm. they are dictating your romantic life Mm -hmm. when and when you cannot date who and who you cannot date um if you're allowed to date at all um you know you are given a curfew as an adult by the way you were not 15 you were 18 and up as an adult you were given a curfew i
1: was in a cold
0: (laughs) i mean i think if you said all these things and you and you just took the word christianity like if you just explain to somebody like hey this is what happened to me when i was, I was 18 like i moved to a compound <laughs> i was told by these these leaders what i could wear oh, You know, uh, you know how I was supposed to act, and they were training me in ways that I could benefit this group later. I think if you said Uh, all of those things and wrote that on a list to somebody who was ignorant to what something like a master's commission or something was, I think people like, dude, you were in a cult.
1: And let me add to it. (laughs) Let me add to it. Uh, And I paid to be there, and I had to do free work.
0: Right. Yeah. So you did free labor, (laughs) and you paid the leaders to be there, Mm -hmm. on top of paying for your school. Yes, they were not paying for your school. You were no. paying to take your college courses, mm-hmm. which, by the way, were uh, in the same vein, in the same vein, in the same denomination, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask this: Were you allowed to take college courses that were outside of that while you were in that program? Like, could you have like taken college classes from USF or something like that?
1: I'm um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they like partnered with the school. Sure. So, like, when I applied for the program, they're like, we have a partnership with this college, you can get your bachelor's degree. Which did what?
0: Did you get a discount? or?
1: No. Like, apparently at that time, I don't know if this is true or not, apparently at that time, they didn't even offer online courses.
0: Oh. Hmm. <laughs> well, hmm. I, right. Suspect. I mean,
1: yeah. It's suspect. But they would like if we were like special privilege to have these online courses because it was only at that time, I think adults, like you couldn't be fresh sure, out of high school. Sure. Like it was like, this is adult learning.
0: Right. So yeah. apparently we were special. Privilege. And that may be true. I mean, who knows? But Not like now. I said, if, if you explain everything you just said, you wrote it down on a piece of paper, or you just told somebody who's not familiar with what that is. Oh yeah, I think people would be like, "Dude, you were straight up in a cult."
1: Especially if I got into the
0: specifics, especially They'd lose their mind. Yeah, I mean, and in the behavior modification. Now, I went to that church while you were in that program. Uh, we weren't a couple or anything yet, um, and i could totally see and i got in arguments with multiple leaders multiple (laughs) times at that church because i called out the craziness of the behavior modification now what was interesting is i was a little older than you yeah and i was in more of a leadership role like i was leading worship Mm -hmm. at that church and the leaders you know we were going out and doing whatever what whatever we want i mean we weren't going to like strip clubs and like going crazy but like you know like all the crazy rules and stuff that they had for you guys being in that program we in no way were adhering to any of those rules <laughs> at all. We did pretty much whatever we wanted. So it wasn't like, oh, we're telling you this because this is the way we live. They were just telling you like you were in a boot camp, essentially.
1: Yeah.
0: For years. <laughs> two, years? two years? Three years? Yeah, two, two. Okay. So you were in a boot camp for two years. Yeah. Uh and so so the goal here is, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. Now, to be fair. I was around Master's Commission when I was in high school. I had some... Now, Master's Commission is basically the same thing as what you did, but it's the Assemblies of God version. What's interesting about all these programs are they are... They are connected in some way, but they are also very unique to that particular church and leadership as well. Mm-hmm. So I've heard good and bad stories from different programs at different churches mm-hmm. under the same banner, under the same sure. thing like a master's commission. What The one I grew up with, they had some small issues, but they were not as extreme as what you grew up in. I, I still yeah. have a lot of friends that you know came in and out of a master's commission type program. Um, some of them thought it was dumb. Some of them were like, well, this is crazy controlling. And then others were just like, no, they were just there to kinda of help us and, and guide us. But but what's crazy is it wasn't sustainable. I don't know anybody who went through that program who still lives like that today. None of them. None of them. Zero percent do I know of people who went through any kind of program. Unless they through. still
1: are part of that community. Like the specific compounding no, community.
0: If they leveled up, quote unquote, into a leadership role, those rules no longer apply to them. Yeah. Now, they may carry some of their indoctrination over and do it sure. willingly, but I yeah, don't think yeah. they're being boot camped like, like no. you No, right. And so so the whole reason of all of that, I think, and and to kind of narrow it back down to the cult conversation, the whole reason we do behavior modification is to get you to react and respond the way we want you to. Mm-hmm. If we drill these ideas into your head long enough, if we use tools like manipulation, shame, guilt, bullying, fear. If we use these things, um, we can control you. Two things will happen. You will either completely buck us and you'll just disappear. Like you'll just leave. Like we, and you won't be a part of us at all, or we will break you. And when we break you, then we will have you, you will be a part of our system. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even the people who got broken and like really hardcore subscribe, like I'm thinking about the majority of people that you went with that Mm -hmm. I knew, I look at them now and they've completely gone the other direction.
1: Yeah. 100.
0: Um, because it just, it, a, it wasn't sustainable and B, they probably figured out that it, what they went through was super unhealthy. Yeah. Um, so just for the cause I know some of these details, but I know the listeners don't, uh, like just <laughs> like, so I, I'll just bring well, them well, up cause I, I know you won't remember them all off the top of your head. So like they, they had you at one point they said you weren't ladylike enough, so they made you wear lipstick?
1: Yes, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs>
0: like specifically, like that's basically what they told you.
1: They told me I had to.
0: For how long? I
1: didn't always. And for I, like what I don't it, like for every
0: occasion, like every time you walked like out of the house? All the time, yeah. For how long?
1: I don't remember. Months? Probably. I don't remember. They also, uh well, when you're first year student and well when I was there, um, you weren't allowed to date. Sure. And then um after we met, of a whole summer, they kept my phone and I couldn't go on social media.
0: <laughs> right. So they keep your personal property. Yes. And you're paying them. You're not in the military. Yeah.
1: They but everything. But they're treating you like you mm-hmm. were.
0: And what would happen if you bucked up against that? You'd be sent home.
1: Probably, yeah. You'd be disciplined. Yeah, I and had the choice to go home or give up my phone.
0: Right. Right. That's the option. So like, think about it. We either control you and own you or you do not belong here. Yeah. That was your options. But um, and it's
1: all under the umbrella of like God told you to be here, so you're gonna go against ooh, God because
0: yeah that's my favorite
1: oh, that's how they get you
0: My favorite is <laughs> God told us so we know what's yeah. best for you mm-hmm. um, and because you're eighteen and impressionable we you're stupid and so we know yeah um okay so that that was one the lipstick thing was one um, <clears throat> when you and I started um I mean, I don't think we were like officially dating or anything, but we started showing interest in each other. It's like the world exploded at that church. Um, And we literally had a leader, one of the top leaders of that church, tell us it was not God's will for us to be together. (laughs) Which tells me, because you and I will be married for seven years in a month or so, that for seven years we have been going against God. Because it was not his will for us (laughs) to be together. If I'm going to go off of what this leader said, and this leader did not say right now, this leader did not say, God doesn't want you together right now. They straight up said, you do not belong together. Mm -hmm. God told us that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Now, what's crazy is you and I were in two drastically different positions at that point. Yeah. You were still under the control paying them to be under their control, um, doing what you thought was your Christian calling at the moment. I was on the other side of this thing Mm -hmm. and I was just ready to burn the whole thing down. I'm like, I don't care what you guys say. You can't control me. I'll leave tomorrow. Um, and I did (laughs) because they literally, once we told them we were not interested in their ideas of what our relationship should look like. Now, by the way, we did not have a sexual relationship. There was nothing really going on between us other than we had showed interest. And we had brought that to the leaders and said, we are interested in each other. We are interested in pursuing this. We want to let you know, because a, we know you're going to have a problem with it, but B, we just want to be transparent and let you know, this is what we're thinking. And they hit us with an ultimatum. Now for me, the choices they gave us is basically one of you has to leave. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, um, either you were going to stay and follow all the rules and do exactly what they said, or you did not belong in that program anymore. Either I was going to stay and continue to lead worship for the entire church on a consistent basis. um, Or, and and I was not going to pursue you or anything like that, or I was going to leave. And that's literally what happened.
1: You left and I stayed. I was gone.
0: And I don't even want to say I left. I was pushed out Mm -hmm. and I had a community there. Now, in retrospect, like whatever, um, but at, at that time, time I had a yeah. ton of friends. Like those were me and the pastor were like best friends at that point. Like yeah. we were very close. Like at each, like spending almost you know three, four, five nights a week with each other. Yeah. And doing ministry on top of that, and boom! In a in an instant, that all those relationships were completely tore down mm-hmm. because including they, ours, including ours, uh, because they said that they knew or they were told by God what was best for us. Mm -hmm. Now, long story short, and I don't want to go into all this, but we reconnected two or three years later. It was like instant. We're like, oh, duh, we should get married. And we got married and we've been happy ever since. (laughs) Extremely happy ever since. No issues. (laughs) Um, But if we were going to take the word of our religious leaders at the time, our pastors at the time, we were told that by entering into a relationship with each other, we would be going against the will of God. Mm -hmm. That's straight up manipulation and control. And there's no way around it. There's no way you could frame this. You were not being abused. You were not being forced into anything. You were an adult. I was an adult. There's no scenario in which religious leaders could tell two healthy, mature adults that they can't be together and use God told us so. Yeah. That's just, it's, not only is it inappropriate, it's manipulative, and it's not Jesus. Yeah. There's no Jesus in that. It's insane. Um, it's insane. <laughs> like, looking back at that now. Now, what's crazy is you stayed. Yeah. You believed that it was your, and, and you and I even talked about it, like, in that moment. Mm-hmm. I, and you believed you were still called to be there. And I said, I respect that. And if this is what's going to happen, then I'm out. Like, I'm out. And yeah. so I left. We didn't speak anymore. Yeah. And that was that.
1: Yeah,
0: for like 2 years. For like 2 2 years and some change and that was that. So, I don't want to dive too much into that, but these are some of the experiences we've had where we're like and and I wish I could say these were unique to only us. But if you speak to other people in the program you went to. Yeah. If you speak to other people not only in likewise programs, but if you speak to other people who grew up in similar church backgrounds as us, you hear these stories All the time. Mm -hmm. These are not outlying stories. These are normal things that are happening inside or were... I assume they're still happening because I haven't heard anybody like tear that whole system down yet. Mm-mm. These things are still happening, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're considering sending your children off to a college program like that, Don't. be very careful. <laughs> be very careful what you're subjecting your children to or your teenagers. Yeah, it seems great. It but... seems great, and it, and they're going to use all the right language and tell you, you know, they're here to be raised up by God. And maybe they are. Maybe the program you went to, if you ever went to a program like that, or the church you went to was totally healthy. What I'm saying is, having been around on the block to multiple denominations multiple pastors churches all that this exists on a widespread scale Mm -hmm. these are not outlying stories um oh before we get off that so the other thing uh that i i don't think a lot of people know tell us what ring of fire (laughs) is (laughs) because it's my favorite that's my absolute favorite
1: oh geez so so in the program like when you're there um first of all you get like a lot of one-on-one counseling with with, well, not one-on-one, but I would literally go into a counseling session like once a week with the leader and like two other leaders, Not because anything was
0: particularly wrong with you. This is like, they identified Mm -hmm. problems in you. Yes. Yes. Everybody. So you could have come in a blank slate and not had a lot of emotional issues at all. Not a ton of sin issues. Like you're coming out Mm -hmm. of high school. You could come into that program, but they would find something. Oh yeah. That was like their whole MO is to find out what was wrong with
1: you. Yes. So that was its own thing but then we would do <laughs> we would do this thing as a group called ring of fire we'd all sit in a circle and how many we, of you uh it was all the boys and the girls so i think like up to 20 okay, i mean so i think it was less but
0: 20 young adults 18 to 21 22 yeah. 23 maybe so 20 young adults sitting down in a circle and then
1: and then so everybody would have a turn to go one at a time. So like if it was my turn, everybody could go around <laughs> in the circle and say like, well, what was wrong with me or what they didn't like or what they think they see in me? Like that I,
0: and it was always negative. Yes. Always. Yes. And that's why it was called ring of fire.
1: Isn't that the dumbest thing?
0: So no, none of these were ever <laughs> affirming words. No, it was never like, I just, you have such a gentle spirit and I think you have such a, like, uh, I mean, there
1: could have been, but all I remember is the bad. <laughs> I don't know. But
0: that predominantly took up most of the space. And so they would have a group of 20-somethings go around the room and say what was negative with a spiritual context, right? Yes. Like, I feel like God is saying, or spiritually, I see this.
1: Yeah, not always God is saying. Sure, sure.
0: But like my spiritual spidey sense is picking up this right it wasn't sure. like well one time we were both pulling out a parking spot space and you cut me off and i'm angry about it like it wasn't that it was in a religious context in a spiritual context this is what i'm seeing negative about you yes yikes
1: <laughs> i was in a cult <sighs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Now, not to say that everybody's churches do stuff like that, but no. I think there's a lot of similarities. I think there's probably a lot of people like giggling right now, listening who are like, yeah, like I, maybe I didn't do that specifically, but there was, you I know, mean,
1: and even, even outside, like when I left that program, so I stayed for another year after you left and then I left because that year I had all these problems. Like, sure. Like. Well,
0: yeah. you had also become labeled as a rebel at that point.
1: Well, yeah. And, and I think I kind of took it on. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if I would have been like that if it wasn't for them.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: like I might but not have done the things I did.
0: I think it's natural. I think it is natural to when you are feeling ostracized, when you're feeling yeah. oppressed in in certain ways. I think that fight or flight mentality kicks in. Either you're sure. totally gonna clam up and just take everything they're dulling out at you, or you're gonna push back.
1: Yeah, I think and, that's and pretty the, natural. And the
0: age, right? And yeah, and you're a young adult, yeah. figuring out who you are. So you're especially, gonna I,
1: I was very well behaved sure (laughs) my younger days so i'm saying like so like becoming the rebel and getting that label and then like okay yeah fine i'll do it yeah, yeah whatever